Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church family. I want to dive right into a story we find in Matthew chapter 11, where we're going to be looking at a man by the name of John the Baptist and really a conversation that he has with Jesus. And I believe it's a conversation that you and I can get so much out of uh, today. I, I, I can relate to John the Baptist because I was a church kid. I grew up in church. How many of you would consider yourself a church kid? You went to Sunday school, kids camp, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would attend three or four services a week when I was still in my mother's womb. Like I grew up in a pastor's family. So I consider myself a church kid. And for all intents and purposes, when we look at John the Baptist, he was a church kid. I mean, he was, a, he was taught by a family to worship God. He was brought to the temple where they would worship together. We see that, that, that John the Baptist was a man who, who was taught to love God. And where we pick this story up in Matthew chapter 11, John finds himself in a very ugly and dark situation. It just goes to show that it rains on the just and the unjust alike, that you can know God and you can love God and be faithful, but still go through some very difficult times. And here we see that John is in a place where he's in a very difficult time. We see that he finds himself in prison. He finds himself in the dark, both literally and figuratively. He doesn't know what his future holds and he can't even see out of the cell around him. He is in a dark place. And that's where we pick the story up. Right here in John chapter 11, it says this. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the town of Galilee. And when John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else. I, I think I can't even pass up that question. We have to stop. I can't move on until we discuss this question. Are you the one? I believe that is a question that every human being on earth is going to ask. Every person in this room must ask Jesus that, that we're all going to come to a point of our lives asking God, are you the one? Are you my savior? Are you the one who is the forgiver of my sins? It's so important. It's a life-changing question that we ask God, are you the one? And you must know that here at Fellowship Church, we are a group of people who we profoundly believe that yes, Jesus Christ is the one. He's the son of God. He was the one that was sent to die for our sins, to, to take your place and mine, where we deserve destruction, we deserve separation, and we deserve hell. He took our place so that he could give us a home forever in heaven. We profoundly believe that. And John is asking this question. And for John to ask this question, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's downright heretical because if there was anyone who knew who Jesus was, it was John. John knew exactly who Jesus was. John knew that Jesus was the Son of God. He knew that he was the Messiah. In fact, we see that just two weeks earlier, Scripture records that he was, John was with his disciples, 
And in John 1, uh, verse 29, he's walking along and he sees Jesus and he says, Behold, or look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So John's with his disciples. He goes, guys, look, see, that's Jesus. Look at him. He's the one that God sent as his son to take away the sins of the world. John knew exactly who Jesus was. In fact, we recognize that even earlier than that, Mark chapter 1 records that Jesus went to get baptized. And as so many of you follow Jesus in baptism today in our services right between uh, the service at 10 o'clock, it was so cool to see so many lives who gave, you gave your life to Jesus, you followed him in baptism. When Jesus was baptized, it says this, as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. And John witnessed all this. John the Baptist was there when the heavens opened up. The Spirit of God descended on Jesus like a dove. And then God the Father's voice spoke and said, Behold, this is my Son, whom I am well pleased. So John knew exactly who Jesus was. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew he was the one. So why is John asking the question, that he already knows the answer to. I think that he's asking this because things haven't worked out for John the way that he expected them to in John's own life. But we'll get back to that in a moment. Verse four says, Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight and the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear and the dead are raised. And the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. So Jesus will go on to say a few more things regarding John, but later he goes on to say something that so many of us in this room, especially those of us that raised our hands saying we were church kids, we grew up in Sunday school, you might have quoted this verse over and over again, but I want to look at the context here of where John is when Jesus says this. Jesus says in verse 28, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you turn to the person next to you and tell them, say, yeah, but tell that to John. Right, that is an easy thing to say, an easy thing for us to quote, but it's a little bit difficult if, when John finds himself in prison. John is stuck. John is not where he expected things to work out for him. And Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy. My, my burden is light. Have you ever had a plan for the way that you expected something to work out only for it to turn out completely the opposite of the way you expected? Does that happen for anyone in this room? I can tell you, many of you, if you've been coming here for a while, you know that I have complained about golf for years. Like, yeah, I, I quit golf over 10 years ago, and I, I quit it because I was frustrated with it. I was competitive, and I wasn't any good at it, and it was costing me a lot of money because every time I go out, I lo lose like two boxes of balls, and I was just frustrated. But I had some friends recently talk me back into coming out and trying the sport again. I'm like, just come out with us. We'll have a good time. It'll be fun. So recently, I've been trying to get back into the game of golf. 
And just two weeks ago, my parents invited me to come and play 18 holes with them at Adobe Creek Golf Course. And, and when I went out with them, um, many of you, you hear my dad talk about golf. So you think he's like some great golfer. Uh, so I need to just break some things down for you for a moment real quick. <laughs> The way my father plays golf, uh, you might not know this, he goes up to the tee box and he uses every tee box like a driving range. He will pull ball after ball after ball out of his bag and they keep hitting over and over again until he finally finds one that lands in the fairway. And he's like, that's my shot. That's the one I'm going with. And he's littered the whole, the whole uh, area up with his balls all over the place. So I figured I'm playing with my dad, I'll follow suit. I did the same thing. We, we're on the second hole at Adobe Creek and we have balls everywhere, all over the place. And he and my mom, they hop in their cart and they take off and, and we've got to go pick up balls now before we can even continue on. And, and I see that I've got a couple, I've got to go get out of the rough and, and they're all over the place. And my dad, he, he's six foot four. Okay, so he has the ability to do something that I didn't even think about when I saw him do it. Uh, he's driving along and he's going up towards the ball at full speed in his golf, well, full speed is like eight miles an hour, right? But full speed in his golf cart and he just kind of leans down, reaches down and grabs it right out of the grass. I thought, that's cool, I'm gonna do that too. Again, he's six foot four. He's got these like long gorilla arms. You know, he could just reach down and touch the ground while he's driving. Well, I'm coming up on my ball and I've got it full speed. I'm floored in this thing. Like, this is gonna be cool. I can, this is one of the skills you need to know if you're gonna play golf, right? So I'm cruising, I'm cruising up on this ball and I get right next to where I'm thinking this, here's gonna be. So I kind of, I'm realizing my, I'm reaching down and my, I got a long ways to go there. So I kind of get my, my butt squeezed over in the seat a little bit farther and my, my foot's about to fall off the pedal and I'm reaching down and I'm coming up on the ball fast now. It's like, it's now or never, Dan, you gotta do this. So I gave a good reach and right when I did, my foot slips off the pedal. I fell over the seat. I tumbled and did a flip out of the golf cart. I don't even know how it happened, but I landed right on my shoulder blades, split forward, and somehow my legs ended up between the wheels of the golf cart, and I ran over myself with my own golf cart. Like, that did not go the way I expected. But I immediately, I jumped up, and I did what every one of you in this room would have done. I took a quick look around to make sure nobody saw that. Like, dear Lord, my parents are up there. There's no one around. I dust the grass off me. Like, I got it up in my, in my what would be hair. And I'm like, I'm dusting it all off of me. I'm going, oh my gosh. I pick up the ball, put it in my pocket real quick. And I'm thinking, first off, that's why I quit golf in the first place 10 years ago. <laughs> Who runs over themselves with a golf cart while they're playing golf, right? And then number two, I'm thinking, that totally did not go the way I expected. And when things don't work out the way that you expect them to work out, uh, you can find yourself disoriented and confused. As I laid there on the ground, realized, what just happened? I just ran over myself. I'm in pain now. I'm in shock. I had this, like, this picture of grandeur of what was going to happen. Of course, I'm going to just reach down, grab the ball, throw it up in my pocket, look really cool, go on down and beat my dad in a game of golf. That's what it was supposed to be. But now I'm like, well, things didn't work out. I'm in pain, I'm shocked, I'm embarrassed. I don't know what happened to me right now. And when, when life doesn't work out the way you expect it to, you can find yourself sometimes really disoriented. 
and really discouraged and really confused. And you can find yourself in a place where now you're starting to ask questions that, that are absurd. They seem, they seem ridiculous because that's what happened for John. I mean, John, John never expected to end up in prison. See, he had hopes and plans and dreams for his life and, and really they didn't work out for him at all the way that he expected them to work out. See, it's crazy what you will do when your expectations don't come to pass the way that you think they should. We'll start to ask the craziest questions. We'll start to ask absurd questions. There were things that you used to believe that maybe you don't even believe them anymore. I mean, things that you, 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 used, to, you used to trust in and things that you used to hope for. And now you're questioning like, is, is this even right? Am I doing what God wants me to do? God, are you even really the one? Because John finds himself in a place now where he's in the dark. He's in, the, the Bible says, John heard in prison what Christ was doing. John was in prison. Pretty sure that wasn't his plan. As a little kid, he didn't grow up thinking, I'm gonna serve my God so I can end up in prison. No, I, I think he found himself in a place where he was going, I had hopes and dreams to succeed. I wanted to teach people about God. I wanted to help people. And here I am in a place where I feel like I'm in the dark. Have you ever felt like, like, like you're seeing other people succeed and you feel completely stuck and completely in the dark in some area of your life? That's prison. It's prison when you feel like you're in the darkness because like, you can't do what you want to do. You, you can't move forward the way you wanna move forward. You feel stuck when you see other people succeeding. Like, why is it we look at other people's lives and, and we see other people succeed and, we're like, and we think, God, why is it that they're doing good when I'm stuck right now? He's hearing about Jesus doing good. He's going, yeah, but what about me? What about me? Have you ever felt that way? I mean, I know we can't talk like that in church, but let's just be honest for a minute. It's like, God, I know they don't pray like I pray. I don't know they don't serve as much as I do. I don't know that, I know they don't give. How is it that they're succeeding and I'm not succeeding right now? Have you ever felt that way? Because for John, here he is in a place where it's like he had his hopes and his dreams, his goals of how he wanted to move forward. And, and he found himself in a dark place in prison where, where now he's hearing that Jesus is out doing his, the, the ministry work. He's out doing good things and John is stuck in prison. And now he's starting to question, are you even really the one? See, if you find yourself in the dark, we can start to see things differently. And you can start to doubt. You can start to have all these sorts of uncertainties that would cause us to start asking questions like, are you even really the one? And see, we find ourselves feeling like this when our expectations don't work out the way we wanted. And sometimes it's because there's been failure. Like we hoped we would own a business by now. We hoped we would be married. We, and we look at other people around us and they're like, she, she's half my age and she's married and it just hasn't worked out for me. And he got the promotion and I didn't get the promotion. Why, why is it that everyone else seems to be succeeding? But sometimes you can feel like you're stuck in prison because your expectations are blown when you actually succeed in those very areas you were trying to succeed that you get what you were hoping for. And once you get it, you realize, wait a minute, this is not exactly what I expected it to be. You prayed for kids. 
And now you have a couple kids of your own, and you're like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting it to be. Let's be honest, you got a couple terrorists running around your house telling you what to do all day long. You're like, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. You prayed for a man, you, you got married, and you're like, that is certainly not what I expected it to be. Right, you, you got the job, you got the promotion, you, you own the business now, and you were like, I didn't realize being successful was gonna come packaged with criticism and complaints. I didn't realize it was gonna be this difficult. I didn't realize, and you can find yourself sometimes when things don't work out exactly the way you expected them to be, starting to ask questions out of uncertainty and fear. Like John is here, he's going, John, are, are you even really the one? You see, it's interesting. When Jesus hears about John, he doesn't even mount a rescue mission. He could have. He, he instantly could have sent for people. He could have sent a thousand angels to go rescue John. He, he could have done something here, but he doesn't even, like, like think about when the news got to Jesus, was Jesus like, oh my God, or oh myself. I didn't even know. <laughs> Sorry, that's a church joke. That was terrible. I... Sometimes you say something, you just want to take it back. Like, almost, I didn't even know, right? No, he, he knew. Jesus, God, knew exactly where John was. He knew that John was in a place of uncertainty, that things weren't working out exactly the way John hoped. And so to the point to where John sends messengers going, listen, are, 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 are you the one? Are you the one? And this is what Jesus says to him. He replies, it's kind of interesting. He replies, blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Can, can I translate that for you? He's saying, hey, John, don't get offended by this, but, but this is bigger than you. Don't take this personal, but, but this is bigger than you. I know things aren't happening the way that you hoped and planned for them to happen, but I'm, uh, it doesn't negate the fact that I'm still God and I'm still in control and my plan is still going to move forward even though you might not be able to see clearly right now, John. It's like, I know things aren't working out the way you hope. I, I know that that marriage didn't work out the way that you hoped, but I'm still God, I'm still in control. And see, anytime we find ourselves in a place where things don't go the way that we plan, we have two options. We can either, number one, trust God and keep following him, even though we might feel like we're in the dark, or number two, we can succumb to our own fears and our doubts, which put us in a prison of our own insecurities and uncertainties. So Jesus doesn't explain to John what's going on. He's just like, hey, John, I know you're in prison but I'm enough. You know, I, I, I'm still God, I'm still unfolding a plan, and you need to know that I'm God, even though you don't understand what's taking place, even though things haven't worked out the way that you would have hoped right now, I'm, I'm still moving forward, and you're going to see me move forward, John. See, there's always gonna be things that happen in our lives that, that don't go the way that we want, things that disappoint us. You know, we can't shy away from that because if we look at John, John had some fears and they were legit fears. He had legit reason to be scared. He was scared for his own life. And see, what we recognize in this story is that, that Jesus did not come to take away the scary circumstances. He came to give us courage and faith in the midst of fearful times. 
And every believer needs to understand that and know that, that Jesus doesn't come to take away your scary circumstances. He comes to give you courage and faith in the midst of those scary circumstances. That they're gonna come, they're gonna happen. And so many people get discouraged because you think, if, if I just get saved, if I just start a relationship with Jesus, then there's gonna be some sort of magical fairy dust that falls on me, and it's gonna be like life happily ever after, and I'm never gonna have a problem again. Well, Jesus says that no, that's not the truth at all. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. You're gonna go through difficult times. You're gonna go through times that are scary. You're gonna go through times that are, are dark and terrifying, but, but I'm gonna give you faith, and I'm gonna give you courage, and I'm gonna be right with you in the midst of those times. See, the truth is, we don't even need faith if God takes away everything that would ever scare us. Because it's in the face of fear that, that our faith becomes more powerful. See, our, our faith, our hope, it, it needs resistance to grow. It needs resistance for us to become stronger and to trust him more. And here, John is in a place where, where, where everything he's believed in, everything he, he trusted in, everything he hoped for seems like it is falling apart right now. And he's asking these questions that, if we're honest, every one of us in this room have asked before. It's like, like why is this happening? Why are negative things happening? Why, why is it so difficult right now? And yet God begins to reveal to him that he's gonna help him through this. And he does that by the message he sends back in just a moment that we're going to look at. But first, I want, I want to take a look at why this discouraged John so much. Because I believe that John was so discouraged because John was faithful. He spent his whole life serving God, loving God. He spent his whole life working and making a way for the Lord, telling people that they needed to repent of their sins and be prepared for the fact that God was sending a savior into the world. He spent his whole life being faithful. There's not any record in scripture of him ever rebelling against God or turning his back on God at all. He was faithful and the truth is there are many of you in this room, it's possible that you have been faithful and you've been serving and you're confused right now and you're discouraged right now because you're like, I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to love him. So why is it I got that, 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 that message back from the doctor, that diagnosis? Why is it if I've been trying to be faithful that my marriage failed? Why is it if I'm trying to serve God and love him that my kids ended up on drugs? Why is it that, that I've been trying to do my part and it seems like, seems like here this negative thing is coming down the track? Now you find yourself unemployed, you find yourself lonely, you find yourself hurting, and you find yourself asking questions, God, why? Are you sure I'm even following your plan? Are you, are you even the one? John is so discouraged at this point that he sends his messengers to go ask Jesus, are you even the one? And it's interesting because Jesus could have simply answered John, yeah, I'm the one. Because we see that in the Bible over and over again. People would ask Jesus questions and Jesus would say things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He, he says things like, I and the Father are one. He says that uh, this temple you will destroy and after three days it will raise again. He's, he's prophesying about himself, about the fact that he is the one that was sent to die for our sins, to raise again, that, that this is the way it's going to be. He could have told John, yes, John, I'm the one, but that's not what he does. 
Instead, this is how he answers the messengers. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Jesus is saying, I want you to go back and I want you to remind John of what I've done. I want you to go back and remind John of the track record that, that we have together. I want you to go back and remind John of the track record that I have in the world. Sometimes when you find yourself in a scary situation, you need to go back and look at the track record of what God has already done in your life. Sometimes we find ourselves in the dark and, and what God did to answer John when John was in the dark is he is saying, I want you to stop what you're doing and look, remember everything that I've done so far. See that I've always been faithful in the past and that I'll continue to be faithful in the future. And I, I wonder when was the last time that you stopped and in your own life looked at the track record of everything that God has done for you? When was the last time you stopped and you recognized, you know what, uh, I used to struggle with these addictions and, and, and I'm struggling with them again, but, but God rescued me before and he can rescue me again. I, I, I should have, have lost my job, but God saved my job. I should have died in that car accident, but he saved me. My marriage should have fall, fallen apart, but my God rescued me here. When was the last time you looked at your track record? Because Jesus, when given the opportunity to encourage John, instead of just saying, yeah, John, I got it all together, you're, we're good. He says, I want you to look back. I know you're in the dark right now, but I, I want you to look back and see all that I've done for you. Because the Bible describes Jesus as the light. John chapter one talks about Jesus being the light of the world. He's the light of the world. And, and it doesn't take much light. It only takes a tiny bit of light to completely dispel the darkness. In fact, if I was to light a single match in this room, if we were to turn all the lights off, I was to light a single match, that single match would be enough to light up everyone in this room so we could all see the light. And that's exactly what Jesus is trying to get him to do here is he's saying, I want you to look at the fact that I'm the light and I'm part of your life. I've, we have a track record. You're looking at things wrong right now because you're looking in the dark. I can remember when my kids were really little I made a, a bad mistake as a father because Kayla was about three years old and uh, she found one of her sister's picture encyclopedias and she was flipping through it at night and she got to the section that had spiders in it. And she's like, ooh, dad, check these out. This is like right before bedtime. She's like, check these out. I'm like, I don't wanna see that stuff. You look at that on your own, right? But, but she's looking at all these things and these, these disgusting bugs and spiders and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, it's time for bed. Let's close the book. Lights up. Good night. Love you. I'll walk out the room. That was the mistake as a dad because, because once she ended up in the dark, her mind started playing tricks on her. And it wasn't very long after that that she started screaming, daddy, daddy, help me. Daddy, please help me. There's spiders all over me. There's spiders in my bed. Come get, help me, daddy. And I ran into the room and flipped the light on and when the light hit her eyes and she could look around and she could see things clearly. She recognized there was no spiders. I'm like, look girl, you're good. There's no spiders here. You're all right. You're gonna be safe. You're okay. You're good. All that 
All that stuff was just made up in your own head. You were scared for no reason. See, when you're in the dark, you can get scared for no reason. So I start walking out of the room. She goes, Daddy? I said, yeah. She says, can you leave a light on? And I went down the hallway because I didn't want to disturb anyone else. And I turned on the bathroom light and just cracked the light a little bit to, to let just a little bit of light come into our room. Because sometimes when you're in the dark, all you need is a little bit of light to help you get back into perspective of recognizing you're okay. And many of you, you need to hear you're doing better than you think you are. God is blessing you more than you think he is. God is in more control than you think he is. And you feel like you've been in the dark so long that you're building these pictures in your head like, oh my gosh, my life is falling apart. The world's falling apart. Things aren't working out for me the way that I thought that they would. God wants to shine a little bit of light on you. To show you, look. I didn't come to take away the scary circumstances. I came to shine a light and give you hope and give you faith and give you courage right in the midst of those circumstances. So church family, I wanna ask you if you would to stand to your feet with me. The way we're gonna end this service is we're about to sing a song together. In this song that we're gonna sing, I wanna encourage you to sing it because what it does is it, it, it causes us to look at the track record of the fact that God has always been faithful. He's never failed us. And for some of us, the reason why you feel like you're in the dark is it's been way too long since you've looked at the track record of how God has rescued you and how God has saved you and how we could have been so much worse off, but for the grace of God, he's rescued you to where you are today. God wants to shine a light of hope on your life. It's by recognizing he's right there with you in the midst of the darkness. So you can feel like you're in the dark, but with Jesus, you're never lost. Let's sing this song together and then I'm gonna come back and pray over you before we dismiss. by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles won For you have never
ourselves over and over and over again and we thank you for that God we thank you that we believe we're going to see you do it again we believe we're going to see you move again and that your kingdom will continue to go forward so even for those of us in this room that feel discouraged right now we feel like we're in the dark what we pray is that God you would breathe courage into us that your light would shine in our lives that we'd see Jesus moving in our lives and that that God you would ultimately be glorified in our lives in the end of this. So we thank you, God, that you are in control. Thank you that it's not just left up to us on what we hope for, but you have a bigger plan, a bigger picture, and you are going to work things out for your good and of course for our good as well. We love you and we praise you and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's give them a shout of praise, church. I love you, church family. I hope you have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you. Help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message.